So, I was fortunate enough to catch an early screening of Asteroid City, and I emphasize the term fortunate there. Why? Because this is the first time I've reviewed your boy, Wes Anderson. An auteur with style so distinct, Twitter spent weeks force-feeding his life's work to various AI for the most uninspired, stupid, man-child prompts they could think of. Lord of the Rings in the style of Wes Anderson, Star Wars in the style of Wes Anderson, The Avengers in the style of- Oh my god, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up! Skyler. Shut up! Please shut up! Stop. I shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut hey. up! The world at your fingertips, endless possibilities, and the pinnacle of your creativity is smashing a children's franchise into the only filmmaker whose style you're capable of recognizing, and you call it craft, all you're doing is playing with action figures just with extra steps. So, mini rant out of the way. And now I'm curious to hear what you might have thought of Asteroid City, so let me know in the comments. I'm interested to see if everyone else might have enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, onto the main event, which, coincidentally, starts with another rant. So, chances are, if you're watching or listening or reading the braille transcriptions of this review, you're familiar with the Wes Anderson brand. The Branderson, if you will. And that means you either like it, or you're one of those sad, pathetic people whose only catharsis in life is hate-watching content you know you don't enjoy. Which is either because your life is really that hollow and it's all you have, or because you're a kinky freak like that. I don't know. But anyway, Asteroid City. The movie I meant to review. How was it? It was great. It was art. It was colorful. It was symmetric. It was a pastel painting with peculiar persons abound. It was deadpan and at times hilarious. It was full of understated emotions begging to be let out by characters who only know how to cage them up. It was about loneliness and isolation, in ourselves and in the world and in the universe. It was a quirky film with a bright facade to contrast the darker issues its characters face. It was, like all films Wes Anderson makes, quintessentially Wes Anderson. And that's okay. In fact, it's great. Because if I may be so bold as to ask, why not? We get probably a hundred movies a year with less artistic style or visual flair than anything Wes puts out. So if he wants to march to the beat of his own drum yet again and again and again, why do you care? If Wes wants to pan and dolly and whip and crash zoom to his heart's content, why can't he? Sure, he's done it before, but if he doesn't do it again, who else will? Would you be happier if all of a sudden Wes put out a found footage film? Or if he used shaky cam in a fight scene choreographed to some modern pop song? No, you, you wouldn't. What Wes does is purely Wes. It's sick, it's cool, it's fun. It's the equivalent of submarine pitchers in baseball. Impractical, gimmicky, not always optimal? You bet. Is it also rad as hell? Absolutely, without a doubt, yes. Get out of my face if you disagree. Oh, but he's done it all before. He needs to branch out for once. Yeah? Shut the fuck up. Honestly, I bet the people who say this shit are the same ones who slurp up the content pipeline on the regular. How does the villain who's a dark reflection of the hero taste, hmm? Oh, what about those world-ending steaks? Were those prepared to your liking? Perhaps you've saved room for dessert, sir. Tonight's offering is rehydrated intellectual property with a distasteful dead actor CGI cameo ganache. Oh yeah, that's way better, right? Hmm? Wrong. Boo. Boo. Lame. Tomatoes. All around. But what's to like in Asteroid City? What stood out? So much. 
The vibrant colors and the postcard setting of Asteroid City are a perfect backdrop for Wes's ideas. The inner workings of his mind, presumably from during the pandemic and quarantine, run wild. There are so many ideas thrown forward, all with their own little moments to shine. The most prominent of these emotions is grief, and it comes in so many shades. There's a father who doesn't know how to pull his children into a world without their mother. He's cold and detached from the loss. There's a son who has known about the loss on some level for some time, but he seems almost unbelieving of it all. There's a trio of daughters who haven't even the slightest idea of what death and loss are, but who work through the news in their own naive, adorable, and tragic ways. And all of these characters force themselves forward to feel something, to give reason and a surface-level disguise to these emotions they're feeling, as I'm sure so many of us do. These repressed feelings are as present in Asteroid City as in any of Wes's works, and though they don't quite hit home as hard as they do for me in his other films, they're so well done and present through each moment in the film that I appreciate them all the same. Scarlett Johansson's Midge states the obvious to her love interest, a move that no other writer could manage to pull off. But through Wes's style, through his deadpan dialogue, and his matter-of-fact delivery he instructs to his actors and actresses, it just feels so believable inside of Asteroid City. Even outside Asteroid City, with a single scene, when she's playing a character with no more depth than a strip of film, Margot Robbie packs more of an emotional punch than most movies manage through their entire runtimes. Her monologue is depressing yet inspiring all the same. Sad but beautiful. Her words exist as she does, a magnificent oxymoron. Words spoken with such a lack of inflection, filled with more meaning than most can convey through a megaphone. I feel like this contrast defines Wes Anderson films in many ways. The deeper themes against the character's own reserved exteriors. The steady, measured, immovable camera against the technicolor, vibrant, lively world inside of its frame. The slapstick, deadpan comedic moments that make you burst out laughing just given a few seconds before a gut-wrenching sentence. The time is never right. The time is always wrong. And even without all the deeper ideas, without my bloviating about the writing or the emotion or the characterization, it's just so fun. And you don't hate fun, do you? There's so much in this movie that you just truly don't expect to be in this movie in any way, shape, or form. And every time, it's just a joy to see. It's pure wonder. Jeffrey Wright and his hilarious speech, that little silly guy who pops in about halfway through the film's runtime, enough background gags to classify the film as a comedy, from spice to vending machines to somber condolences to everything in between. Margot Robbie, Willem Dafoe, you name it. There are simply too many lovely moments in this movie for me to ever list them all. So I'll stop trying. Oh, the musical number. I can't not mention the musical number, so uh, give me a pass there. So, in short, go see Asteroid City. Four out of five stars. Go see it because you want a visual spectacle in a style only one man on Earth can pull off. Go see it because you yearn for a reserved, poignant interpretation of complicated, ugly emotions through characters who are just as hesitant to acknowledge those emotions as we are. Go see it because you want to laugh out loud at the absurdity you fully invested yourself into. Go see it because you love seeing movies and experiencing art and discovering something that is truly unique, that truly represents someone, with their heart burned onto the screen. Go see it. Because do you really have better taste than the dozens of top actors and actresses who literally line up to star in these things? I don't think so. I'll leave you with this. As a wise man recently said, there is not much joy to be found in watching a man type. But 
I promise you, there is plenty of joy in seeing an artist unapologetically be themselves. Until next time. <laughs>